And here we are. We're live. Testing, testing. Hey, what's going on, guys? How's everyone doing? Thanks for tuning in. And we are live. Hey, everybody. It's Jeff Gelman of Solid Canine Training. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. We really, really appreciate it. Some technical difficulties last night, with, but it's all figured out. We got that figured out. We got it straightened out. If you're brand new to my world, welcome. Uh, my name is Jeff Gelman of Solid Canine Training. And I'm a business owner, dog trainer, seminar speaker. I travel the world doing seminars. I have a wonderful training facility up in Providence, Rhode Island. And um, with some great staff there, we specialize in aggression rehab and behavior modification. So we're really, really good at stopping unwanted behaviors, which is what most people struggle with. Obviously, we can work with, you know, we go puppies. We actually have three puppies there right now in our, in our, in our program. Um, uh, we, we teach behaviors, what you want, and we eliminate what you don't want. The big thing with a lot of training programs is a lot, a lot of trainers don't focus on eliminating unwanted behaviors. So in order to eliminate an unwanted behavior, you have to understand how to properly apply punishment. So I'm going to be talking about punishment a lot on this show. Now, there is a proper way to do it. And there's an improper way to do it. One of the things is you don't need to yell, scream, um, intimidate the dog. Um, but punishment is a fact of life. Whenever you want to train something you want, you need to reward it. And that will give you, create a new behavior. It will um, uh, uh, reinforce a known behavior or make a behavior that you want um, more repeatable. And um, whenever you want to eliminate, extinguish, or suppress a behavior, you have to apply punishment. That's just the way it is. You might not feel that way but facts just don't care about your feelings. So that's how it is. So on this show, a lot of people you'll notice, they'll be like, how do I stop? How do I stop? How do I stop? So my response is properly applied punishment. You've got to understand that. Um, if you struggle with that concept, that's fine. Um, I get it, but good luck eliminating unwanted behaviors. You can struggle for weeks, you can struggle for months, you can struggle for years, which a lot of people do, and at least in my world, or you can possibly eliminate it actually in a day. So Linda asked the questions. I give the answers. There's a little dollar sign down there. That's a super chat. Every once in a while, you'll see people throw cash our way. We both use that for date night. And we actually document our date night on Instagram stories. So let's have some fun. And here we go with Ivana. Ivana. Punishing him, punishing him with the prong collar doesn't make much difference. Still tries to lunge. No bark. He is thick-skinned, doesn't seem to feel anything. Is there a better strategy or way to punish him? Yeah, so if you're walking your dog, you're walking your dog on a leash and um, your dog lunges, there's a couple of different things. Number one, timing. So there's timing. There's a timing issue. As soon as your dog is at the beginning of the arousal stage, one of the things we talk about a lot is eliminating arousal. There's a big difference between a dog that's happy and aroused. And aroused leads to a lot of unwanted behaviors as well as separation anxiety, as well as can be a trigger for um, a, lot, you know, a lot of unwanted things such as even aggression. So the beginning of the sequence of the arousal is when you want to apply the information. The information to stop unwanted behavior is punishment. So a good firm leash pop um, um, is what you'd want to do. I recommend um, remote collar training. Um, people call them also shock collars, but they're not shocking dogs. Are they uncomfortable? Yes, they can. They can be very uncomfortable. Um, um, should they be uncomfortable? Depends on what you're trying to communicate. So what you want to do is on a remote collar, you'll be able to communicate much better your, your disapproval of the lunging. 
And I'm, I'm very familiar with the conversation out there in the world. A lot of people will say never correct a leash reactive dog. That is a lie. It's a blatant lie. It's unethical for a trainer to actually say that. Um, that is exactly how you, you, you get rid of something is you make it suck. You will not create a negative association. We're going to talk about this a lot. So I'm very familiar again with the conversation. The dog already has a negative association before we showed up. So that's what you want to do. Next. Next. Uh, she has a second question. And two, when we are walking him with the prong collar, he walks by our side, but sometimes tries to poke his nose front and isn't 100% focused on us. Is there a way of fixing it? Thank you so much. There is, but I don't want my dogs to be 100% focused on me. I'm a pet dog trainer. I don't do competition. I don't do sport. I don't do agility. I don't do trick. I don't do anything like that. I'm just a family pet dog trainer. I don't want my dog like always staring at me. Now, do I want my dog to be aware of me? Absolutely. Do I want to be important to my dog? Of course I do. I have a 180 move. You can look at my YouTube channel. We've got thousands of videos there. Look for the 180 move. Again, the beginning of the sequence of the dog nosing ahead is when you deliver your punisher. Next. Uh, Tammy gave us some money. $1.99, Tammy. Thank you. Bam. Yep. Just wanted to let you know you helped me immensely and I appreciate all you do. Love you, Jeff and Linda. Oh my gosh. Love you too, Tammy. Awesome. Let's not forget the wonderful staff. I do the show, but they're doing the hard work. Next. Bad Shodi. Hi, lovely people. What is the best way to socialize a five-month-old master? So tomorrow, Joelle, we're going to do it tomorrow. We got to do a socialization video. We're going to make a socialization video. We've done a lot of live streaming before socialization. Um, I will do a socialization video. The way you want to do it, though, is with only known dogs. Please do not go to a dog park. Dog parks are like hanging out with the bad kids your dog will pick up lots of bad, unwanted behaviors. It actually, it's almost like also having an un unprotected sex. Your dog will probably also likely pick up some diseases. Um, so we wanna make sure that we don't do that. Um, but you wanna be known, known dogs, because you wanna be able to correct other dogs for any of their unwanted behavior as well. We work on existence, not necessarily play. So a lot of our socialization, it's like a cocktail party, not a football game. So it's like going to the opera, not hanging out in a mosh pit. So that's proper socialization. And we'll make a video on that and we'll post it up tomorrow. Next. This one's from April. Hey, April. I have my six-month-old male GSD and using mini educator a week now. How do I go about training him to be service dog for my CPTSD and my daughter with cerebral palsy? My husband is also an Air Force vet. Okay. So, so this is the thing, April, number one, we have no, first of all, a remote collar has nothing to do with being a service dog. Oh, and another thing it says, and I have five kids total living at home while I'm a stay at home Okay. Mom. So this is the thing. You won't know if that dog could be a service dog till it's two years old. In other words, it's not ready to be a service dog at two years old. So right now, the biggest thing you want to do is all your foundational work. So this dog might not be capable, no matter how much you want it to be a service dog, most dogs cannot be service dogs. Dogs that are bred and trained for service dog work wash out all the time. And that's when they're professionally trained. Now you can train your own service dog, but also depends on what service and what task you're looking the dog to do. So there's different tasks. So, I mean, if you're trying to train your own seizure alert dog, that would probably be extremely, extremely challenging. So diabetic alert dog, seizure alert dog, that would be really, really challenging. Stability dog, that's a lot easier to do because stability dog, you just need a larger dog with good social skills that understands like what the task is. So 
number one, you want to have a dog. You also have a very busy household. So you've got a lot going on there. You have a very busy household, very busy life. So what you want to do is you'd want to do an incredible amount of foundational work. What you want to do is you want to make sure that dog knows all its obedience commands. You want to make sure that that dog in a minimum can be in, in every environmental situation possible without triggering. So that dog needs to be introduced to almost every sound imaginable, every service imaginable, every environmental that you can get your hands on. You want that dog to obviously not jump on anybody. It, it, you actually want to teach that dog actually how to ignore people, how to ignore dogs. Because when you're a service dog, you don't interact with people, you don't interact with dogs. You want to make that dog non-interactive at all. So if it sees a dog, it has to ignore it. If it sees a person, it shouldn't be petted by it. So what you want to do is create a bubble for you and this dog. Then you've got to start teaching it a task task training you can do you know once the dog is a year old most people with service dogs they are raised by puppy raisers puppy raisers are for the first 12 months of the dog's life then they'll do a reassessment then they'll start deciding what the dog is going to be tasked to then they'll start training it towards the task by the time it's 18 months old 24 months old, then they can put that dog into service and they match that dog up with the end user. Then they've got to have the end user be trained on what to do as well. So it is a procedure. It is a protocol. A lot of people are just thinking that they can have their own dog be a service dog and it usually isn't like that. So, but it can be done. So at the minimum right now, massive amounts of obedience work with public access work. That's your number one goal right now. Next. Uh, we've got a top chat from Ivana. Oh, hey, she Ivana. She gave us five pounds. All oh, right, five pounds coming from the UK. You, Love you. You guys are amazing. Thanks. Awesome. Thank you. I can never, I know, I can never get out of these. Robin G. Um, dog is good on a leash and good with place command. I've been working with him outdoors along a bike path in short sessions because he seems to get over stimulated the longer he is out what to do so what to do is you have to learn how to again to to eliminate arousal so um that means again you might be late on your timing so what i you know if you're remote collar training the dog again what a lot of people do is i'd watch out for your praise i'd watch out for your praise which sounds like no you're supposed to praise dogs when they do things that you like but if your dog gets over aroused praise is going to work against you your, a lot of your praises can be just neutral goods good the last thing you want to do with a dog is get it all worked up so then it goes bonkers and then it can be even more reactive. So let's keep that dog neutral. Again, you've got a you've got a master eliminating arousal, you've got a master punishment. What I mean by that is when the dog is escalated with arousal, you have to be able to eliminate it right away. Remote color is really, really good for that. So um, it should, if anything, it should be flipped. Your dog should be getting less aroused as the the, the day goes on, the night goes on, the training goes on. So what you might be doing is using too much praise and getting the dog too excited. Next. Um, M. Soul, I've been watching and learning a lot from your videos. Awesome. Cool. Thank you so much. Thanks for being a fan. Thanks for watching. Um, Kayla says, can't wait. Awesome. Lori. Hi, Jeff. I just adopted a seven-year-old child, Pitt, who keeps humping my female, which is causing a lot of fighting. How do I get him to stop? Tried the bonker. He seems to think it's a toy to destroy. So if your dog thinks it's a toy to destroy. Oh, and also it says chow pit, not child. LOL. Huh? In the question, she said child. Right. Instead of chai, chow pit. So she. Oh, a chow, a chow yeah, pit. Yeah, she's correcting chow herself. Pit. Got it. Because if you called the, if she called the dog a child, you'd probably yell at her. I'd probably yell at her. Okay. So what I want you to do is this. So humping is takes a big punisher. 
Historically, what we do with a humping dog is we use dressage whips, and that's part of our socialization program. You've seen us with dressage whips. Actually, they're called stockyard whips. Dressage whip is, is shorter. Dog goes to hump. You give it a very firm double tap on the ass. Tap, tap. The dog does not like that. A bonker, if you, you, you really don't want to use a bonker for that because what's happening is there's another dog that's also going to get punished. So you do a double tap on the butt with a dressage whip. You can use a remote collar. I prefer people to use remote collars. In that situation, for the first time out, I'd like your dog to be trained on a remote collar first to make sure that dog understands to stop the unwanted behavior and it doesn't escalate the behavior, especially when there's a dog around. Remote collars don't make dogs more aggressive. All they do is reveal the true dog. So um, what I would do is teach that dog, number one, you've got to punish the act of humping punish the act of thinking about humping. It's it's leading to fights. Um, and then what you've got to do is teach that dog better impulse control and teach that dog how to be around dogs without even thinking about humping. So we've worked with lots of humping dogs. We usually eliminate that in about three to five seconds with proper punishments. Also, for everybody watching, listening to us on Spotify, SoundCloud, on um, iTunes, on Google, on iHeartRadio, massively in love with you. I love your support. Thanks for following. Thanks for joining our podcast. Obviously, YouTube Live, which is what the platform is that we're on now, madly in love with you as well. Next. This one's from Debbie. En hey. Enjoying your video, and I get a kick out of your dry sense of humor. My question is, can I use play, such as a game of tug, as a reward for good behavior instead of food along with the e-collar, et cetera? Absolutely. You can use play. It's a great reward. The reason why we don't use play when we're teaching an obedience command, because we're going to do 100 reps. Do you know what I mean? We're going to do 100 repetitions of something. So it would be impractical to break for play. Now, what you could do is you can do play 15 minutes into training, do a, do a session of tug, do a session of chuck it, you know, do, thing, do, do things like that. Absolutely. Reward is a reward is a reward. If you've got an overly aroused dog, though, just be careful. Just be careful. So I don't want the dog to be anticipating tug. So whenever I'm playing tug with my dogs, they're like, they're ready to go. I want my dogs in a clear mind when it starts coming to thinking about obedience. So, but you absolutely can use play. Next. Um. M. Sol, what other prong might you suggest for someone with arthritis can't push prongs in? So they make a quick release one M. Sol, a quick release. It's a little, um, it's like a, you go like this, so like that, and it opens up. And if you want to know a little bit of history behind that little device of the quick release, they use that in the fabric industry. The quick release little mechanism right there has, has his, in, in the fabric industry, has rubber tips on it. There's little rubber tips that clamp like this. Those tips are attached to string. They use that to attach to fabric and they use that to stretch the fabric out. Pretty cool. The harder you pull on it, the more tight that it gets. So it's a little bit interesting side note on that actually mechanism, what it was originally designed for. I don't know the person that actually has the patent on that or else I would obviously share that with you. So they make a quick release. Next. This one's from Sandy. Good evening, Linda and Jeff. Colleen, love you both. Oh, Colleen, hey. thank you so much. Um, April, this just started, right? It came on and showed you were already talking. Yeah, April, we started at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We've been on for 15 minutes. Next. Nicole, hi. Dog had bad fear reactivity on walks. Now better, but still sniff intensely after a dog passes. Mm. Glad she's using her nose instead of reacting, Bingo. but is that too much interest or good old dog behavior? That's, you know what I mean? So better than reacting. So your dog is air scenting. Now, 
Um, obviously, what you can do is what happens afterwards and how bad is the air scenting? We live in the city, guys. Sorry. We're going to hear fire trucks, police cars. You might even hear a couple of, couple of uh, you know, shots fired. All right. Uh, Maybe people screaming in the street and breaking a bottle, but I don't think gunshots. We just had a 15-year-old boy killed in Providence two days ago. So now everybody's going around shooting? No, but we have gunshots in Providence. But we love it here. Anyway, so. We wear bulletproof vests, but just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Okay. So what I want you to do is air scenting is not the worst thing in the world. It's not the worst thing in the world at all. But if your dog was like... Like, like, it's like, whoa, 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 enough already. Cut that out. Cut that out. Next. Uh, this one's from Pratik. Yep. I have a nervous, skittish, frantic GSD. Is it a good idea to correct him using a prong collar on walks when he gets nervous? When I do it, seems to make him even more nervous sometimes. So this is the thing. I, well, you can't reward him, right? So you only have two, guys, you only have two options. So fearful dogs, nervous dogs, you can absolutely use punishment. No, you can't. That makes it worse. Says who? says you, not you, but this imaginary you. It's like, we do it all the time successfully. So people will always say you can't do something because they can't do something. Like before Roger Bannister ran the four minute mile in 1957, you couldn't run, you couldn't run that mile that fast. Your heart would explode. Tell that to Roger Bannister. So anyway, now 10,000 people have done it. Over 10,000 people have done it. So yes, you can. I would go to a remote collar though. Whenever we've got nervous, fearful dogs, remote collars are going to be your best option, your most practical, best option, the best communication device, the most clear communication device, believe it or not, the least invasive communication device with the strongest power um, behind it. So we deal with, we specialize in nervous, fearful dogs and we eliminate it. Food won't work. Praise won't work. All right. You can always praise after, but to, in order to work the dog through it, there has to be a punisher. Next. Uh, next one's from Spinisper. Hey. Best advice to give kids six and eight years old when it comes to our new puppy. I homeschool, so they will be involved in the in the daily life of the puppy. So another homeschool family. Congratulations. Welcome. And um, and I'll see you in two weeks. Um, so what I want you to do is this. It's I want to, the kids to understand the concept of inclusion. Inclusion. Instead of like, instead of like direct, like interaction, I want to have everything on a schedule. Everything is on a schedule. A, a brand new puppy, we're talking anywhere from eight to 12 weeks is spending 20 hours a day in a crate anyway. So I want the kids to participate in the schedule. I want them to be careful about overly exciting the dog. I want your children to have an on off switch. Like the dog should have an on off switch. I want the kids to be able to respect the crate time and respect the dog. I want to make sure you're really, really careful about squeezing no squeezing of the dog i don't want those kids picking up the dog and running around if you want to pick up a dog you should be sitting down and using that to do um touch stimuli so what you're doing is you're touching its ears touching its nose lifting up its gums touching its pad touching its tail gentle everything is gentle that's what i want you to do next jamal thank you hey, jamal. thank you seriously you and the other guy sean give me homework every night with your q a's and daily tips Appreciate you much, and thank you, Linda, for lending us his and your time. You're hey, welcome, Jamal, and Sean's pleasure. a good guy, yes. Sean's a great guy. Mm. Um, Barbette, how do I teach my dog to fetch? She enjoys going after the ball or toy, but does not bring it back to continue the play. So I don't teach fetch. 
So if there's something called forced fetch, you probably have to teach your dog a good recall. So how's your dog's recall? Does your dog come back to you right away? But the thing is this, will it come back to you still holding the ball? So keep in mind that fetch is this. Don't move. I throw the ball. Go get the ball. Find the ball. Pick up the ball. Bring the dog ball back all the way to me. Release the ball on command. So there's something called forced fetch. Out of my skill set, I don't train it. All my dogs fetch. Why? They just got it in them. I didn't train my dogs to fetch. So, um, so I don't. I don't teach that. Next. This one's from Tiffany. Hey, Tiffany. My client bought an 11-week-old Shih Tzu yesterday. Brought it to me today to potty train. How long, in reality, should this take me? Not familiar with this young of this breed. So, Tiffany, number one, if you believe it's out of your skill set, which is fine. Like the, the best thing that any that, that that I do is like I don't know. Like if I don't know something, I don't know something. So today I practiced text. I did some, I did a little bit of tug bite work with text. And I said, please don't ask me questions. Like, I don't know anything about bite. I know how to, I know how to teach tug to a dog and I can play tug and I can handle a protection dog, but I can't train a protection dog. I don't have any skill set in that at all. So with, 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 with housebreaking, what I would do is now's a great time to learn. Um, it'd be easier to do it on a boarding train. So if it's not on a boarding train, you're going to struggle. So how do you do it on a boarding train? Because you need that dog 24 hours, seven days a week. You put it on an intense schedule. So get in and get, get, get up, go go look up some YouTube videos of somebody that actually, how to, how to train a puppy. But what we do is we recommend an Excel spreadsheet. It doesn't have to be Excel, but a spreadsheet with the days of the week across the top, the time of day, um, you know, up and down on that axis. And you start logging. Every time you take up the dog, what happens? Any accidents that happen, which kind of accident happened? Try to figure out a pattern of that dog. You know, anytime the dog, first thing in the morning, you take it out. Before and after any play, you take it out. After every meal, you take it out. Um, and then a couple hours a day, um, a couple hours in between, a couple hours, after two hours or three hours, you, you, you take it out. And then you start extending all that stuff. No free roaming at all. Go to the same exact spot outside. You can click and treat when they have a successful potty. Don't do potty and then play. Do potty, come back in the house, and then like we go back out to play. You want the dog to know that this is a potty break. This is not pre-play. Next. Next one is from Jarrett. Hey, Jarrett. One-year-old Tosa Inu. Yep. I got him two months ago, and he still won't sit. How can I begin basic obedience on a dog his size and age? Okay, so this is the thing. Sitting is pretty simple to do. Actually, teaching actually how to stop resource guarding is easy. So there's a th got to be thousands and thousands of videos on how to teach sit. You can do it a bunch of different ways. You can use the dog's daily food as motivation. So most dogs, if you take food and you put it up over their nose like this, their ass will hit the ground because their body goes like this. You can We don't do free shaping at all other than if we're doing trick training. With trick training, we do free shaping. But for all obedience commands, we What's use free shaping? free shaping as there's no leash on the dog. There's no leash on the dog at all. Technically, it's hands-free. You're literally, literally shaping what you want. Um, or you'll also, when a dog does something you want, you can click. You can capture capture the moment. And it's all done with clicker and food. But for us, other than trick training, we really don't do that. So you use leash pressure. So leash up, butt goes down. So there's tons of videos on how to do that. Use the dog's daily food. But I would start out with a one-year-old dog. That dog's capable of being trained to do anything you want. So... Um, leash on, training collar on, prong collar is a big thing, and you can use food as well. Next. Uh, Lucero. Yep. I suck at communicating with my dog. Help, please. Okay. So, Lucero, start consuming all of our content. Watch all my videos. 
read all of my posts, go to the YouTube channel and do the do-it-yourself video, start working. Lots of structure with your dog. Most people suck. So thanks for being honest. So most people suck with communicating with their dog. Um, so just start going down the rabbit hole of watching the videos. You really don't have to hire a dog trainer unless you're struggling with aggression or high levels of um, uh, anxiety. Most people can just train their own dog themselves. There's so many free resources out there. This being one of them. Next. Um, this one's from Christine. Hey, Christine. I have an Aussie Shepherd who barks excessively on car rides. I have an e-collar. Is that the best way to calm him down? Damn right it is. Tell him mm -hmm. to stop barking. Hit the no barking button. Hit, or hit the shut the fuck up button. Right? That's my favorite button. Yeah, shut the fuck up button. Boom. Ow! Yeah. You're not, you know, and this whole thing about like, you know, it's like, don't do that. You want the dog to bark. No, you don't. You don't want dogs to be barking. Your average person doesn't want the dog to bark. If someone breaks in your house, fine. But no one's breaking in your house. So you're going down the road. The dog barks. I don't want you to have to turn around. I don't want you to have to yell and scream. I don't want you to have to pop a leash. I don't want you to teach the dog quiet. Just teach the dog to shut the fuck up. You hit the button. Dog barks. That's why bark collars are so great. Bark collar, bark. Whoa, that was uncomfortable. Dog stops barking. They're wonderful. Next. Uh, this one's from Kayla. Yep. My dog only wants to behave best with his, with his e-collar on. How do I counter this to make his obedience universal? He's also recently become an adolescent, so obedience is more trouble than it used to be. So if he's become an adolescent, you're probably trying to get off the tool too early if you want to be tool-free. Remember, if you do food exclusively, it's limited, but you're looking at 4,000 repetitions to make a dog you know, reliable. So remote collar, you don't have to do 4,000 repetitions, but you're talking about if you want a dog to be totally under voice control, you got to put the work in. You got to work your butt off every day. You got to get the dog to punishment level. But if it's just an adolescent, you probably would have to like go back to the collar because the dog is like going through a stage of F you. Um, so most dogs listen to when there's food present or the remote collar is on until they learn what punishment is and they have a value of no. So most likely you're, you're expecting too much too soon. Next. Horse crazy 92. Yep. What do you do for barking in the house, outside of the house? And what about on walks? He barks at other dogs and tries to get to the people for pets. Okay. I would, I would, I would stop allowing your dog to get to people. So start out with foundational heel work. So barking, you have to use a punishment for barking. So barking is a, you do a leash pop or remote cower stim. That's what you do for barking. I mean, it's annoying. At one point, maybe it was cute, but you know, maybe it was never cute, but you just never knew how to stop it. That's why you're tuning into the show. So a dog barking, stopping a dog from barking is usually takes two to three seconds to do. Every once in a while, we get a really challenging dog. And most of our dogs that we get are really challenging dog. But on top of that, it's a really challenging, challenging dog. Um, so what I would do is this. Don't let people pet your dog. Don't let dogs come up to your dog. You are an island. You are on your own. Be a selfish dog owner. Walk with your dog. I don't want your dog to be paying attention to any environmental. I only want your dog to be paying attention to you. You are the only thing that matters. So don't allow people to come up and pet your dog. Why? For the same situation we're in right now. I don't want your dog to think other people are potential affection sources. I'm the only thing that gives you affection. I'm the only thing that gives you water. I'm the only thing that gives you food. I'm the only thing that gives you fun. I'm the only thing that gives you exercise. Next. Um, Yolanda B. Hi, Jeff and Linda. Thanks for your content. It's much appreciated. My eight-week-old boxer puppy only does down when I have treats. 
I'm trying to wean him from needing treats in order to to down. <coughs> Sorry, any suggestions? Yolanda, it's eight weeks old. Quit yelling. Come on, Yolanda. Keep, keep. It's eight weeks old. You got to do thousands of repetitions. You should be doing tons of food right now. At 10 weeks old, tons of food. At 12 weeks old, tons of food. Use the dog's daily food. Don't use treats. It'll end up throwing up or having the shits. Use the dog's daily food. Don't feed that dog out of a food bowl. Take its daily food, put it in a little bit of a food bag, a treat pouch. That's what you're gonna, that's how your dog's gonna eat. Sit down, place, recall, do tons of repetitions. That's how we train the dog. Eight weeks old, the dog don't know shit. Right now, it's just finding games right now. That's like, you know, a baby saying, damn you, you little kid. When are you going to freaking use the toilet? The kid can't even say toilet yet. You know what I mean? He's still crapping his pants. He's a baby. So, so it's the same thing with your dog. Your, your, your expectations are unreasonably high, impossibly high. So you got a long way to go. Got a long way to go. You want to do thousands of repetitions. Next. We got a top chat. And I'm not chat. mad at you, by the way. We got a top chat from Lori. Five, five buckaroos. Is that from Yvonne? Oh, the new one. Thanks, Lori. Okay. I always have problems getting rid of it. Rachel. Okay. No, I can't do it yet. Okay. Hold well, on. We got dead air. Rachel Lee, I'm disabled and pulled my own and, and pulled my own service dog and training out of a shelter. Thanks to you, we've been able to fix issues that that would wash her out. Otherwise, you have both saved both of our lives. Awesome, Rachel. That's how powerful these free videos are. Next, April. Um, I can't find it, but Robin G gave us $3.99. Okay. Um, so you gotta go up a little bit. All right. I got to read it. April, can, yeah. can you explain what to, it's, it's two below Ivana Kings. Um, can you explain what do you mean by washing him out for the service training? My German shepherd six months. He has been following me everywhere, but still doesn't always sit. Okay. April washing out means the dog's not qualified to be a service dog. So if you've got a dog that follows you around everywhere, but the dog still doesn't sit, you are far away from being a service dog and I'm not attacking you and it's not personal. I'm just a realist. So you know, sitting is the most basic command. The dog follows you around everywhere, which you're actually going to want to probably stop or else you have a dog that's going to struggle with separation anxiety. So you need to be able to teach that dog. At six months old, that dog is capable of knowing all of its basic commands. Sit, down, place, recall, heal. It's, it's capable of holding duration, meaning it can hold the command for up to an hour or two. So we got a long way off. So you have to take an active role in teaching that dog what you want. So you've got to minimum teach it all the basic, all the basic obedience commands. If you're going to have that dog have 24 hour access to, to public areas, there's a, you're a, you're a long way off. Washing out means even the best bred, best trained dogs can still be washed out of a service dog program or a working dog program because they don't have the nerves. They don't have the confidence. They don't have the the, the, the mental ability to handle all kinds of outdoor environmentals, which can make the dog fall apart in a public place. Next. Next one is from Karen K1. Yep. When taking four month golden in backyard, she gets her zoomies. She likes to flop on her back and won't walk back in the house. She's being a brat. How do I get her on all fours to come in? So same four month old dog, 16 weeks, the dog should be on a leash and just guide it in with a leash. So at 16 weeks old, don't let that dog off leash because it's not responsible enough yet to be off leash. All right. So you can let it, you can let it drag the leash. You can drag the leash and then you casually walk over to the leash, pick it up, put your foot on the leash, pick up the leash and be like, let's go next. 
uh, April. By the way, I love how funny and awesome both of you are. Awesome. Well, thank, thank you. you. Uh, April, I know you talked before about no neutering the male dogs, but what about the service dogs? Do those special dogs get that? I mean, no, I mean, that's personal choice, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't neuter a, a, a dog that young. I wouldn't neuter a dog that young, but that's going to be a personal, personal decision between you. Some vets are gung-ho about neutering early. You know, I mean, that's going to be, you know, the only, the, the downfall of having an intact male dog, it's going to be, it could be a target for other dogs. That's the downfall of it. But then again, in other countries, most dogs are not spayed or neutered. So, and they get along fine, but that's because of the element of that country and how people do their animal husbandry over there, where, where in the U.S. it's a little bit differently. So that's again, personal choice. Next. Uh, Gary. Hey, Gary. Um, from Scotland, got GSD six years old from a shelter, seventh GSD, with dog aggression, using e-collar and herm collar. What a revelation. Thanks to training guidance from you, Jeff. Different dog, thanks. Awesome, Gary. I had a great time over in Glasgow. Um, it's been about a year now. Fantastic, fantastic seminar I did over there with my buddy, Sean. Next. This one's from Kathleen. Hey, Kathleen. My GSD has possession aggression. If any dog or animal comes near her cage, she goes nuts. She's like this with her bones, toys, etc. Suggestions? Yeah, punishment. The only way to stop that is through punishment. So you make it suck to do that. So especially if it's in its crate, dogs in the crate, we see this all the time. So imagine our kennel. So we've got a kennel. We've got kennel. We don't have kennel runs, but they're either crates or they're really, really, you know, big, 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 not humongous enclosures, but a three foot by four foot enclosure, dogs in there, dogs walk by, no dogs allowed to growl. It's unacceptable. Remote collar, correct high. Now, don't believe whatever you hear. Oh, then the dog will have a negative association towards the crate. No, it won't. It will not. There's. How do you know that, Jeff? Because we do it. We've done it thousands of times successfully. So it won't. Don't put up with any nonsense. Guys, you have more control over your dog's behavior than you think. A lot of us are just holding on for dear life and going along for the ride. We have to flip that and we've got to be like, no, we can control the situation, but nobody knows how to do it. Not nobody. That's a white pain for stroke comment. It's like folks don't know how to do that. That's what I'm presenting this information for. You actually can make these decisions for the dog. Next. Caucasity. Hey guys, professional dog trainer here who specializes in large aggressive dogs that other trainers won't deal with. I recently completed a week-long board and train with a seven-month-old dog that resource guards. Yep. The dog made great progress, and the owners were very happy at graduation when commands were demonstrated. Uh, after calling them for an update, they tell me he is back to snapping at them and resource guarding. Should I correct this by having the dog wearing an e-collar and correcting for showing aggressive aggression towards owner? Absolutely. So one week is a little bit challenging. I mean, we, we don't do a one-week you know, board and train. So the biggest thing is you're going to find out, I don't know, I don't know, you know, your, I don't know your skill set or I, and I don't know how long, you know, your skill set with the remote and, and, and how you train, train people. Um, but what you're going to want to do is the most important part is going to be the training of the humans. It's going to be the training of the humans. So you have to remember just because the dog did something for you, that doesn't mean it'll do it for the owners. And that's a big miss, you know, this concept of like, oh, that, that's what we have to be careful as dog trainers. It's like, big deal. The dog listens to us. It's supposed to. We're dog trainers. The magic and the art of professional dog training and rehabilitation is to have the owners empowered to be able to do what we do without them having the skill set that we have. Why? They're dog owners. 
They don't want to know this stuff and they don't need to know this stuff. They just want problems fixed. So that's why I love a remote collar because it evens the playing field between dog owner and dog. So you do all the hard work, you train the owner what to do, then they'll get similar to the exact same results as you. But there's also the relationship. That's why one week is really challenging because that's not sometimes long enough to redo the relationship with the owner and the dog. A lot of dogs will go back to their old ways. Next. Um, Caucasity says, thank you. I appreciate the help. You're welcome. Nicole, regarding air scenting, thanks. I let her do it as long as she keeps a heel. Just wondering your view. Thanks, you too, and Joelle for all the free help. Oh, you're welcome. I wouldn't, I wouldn't let my dog do it for that long. Like one or two sniffs, and then I start charging you. It's like, no, 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 no. No, we're, 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 you're, you're paying by the second there, buddy. Okay, just like phone sex. Next. Okay, uh, Bob. Hey, Bob, from Florida. from Florida. I know you're from Florida, yeah. Love your work. What would be your first priority in training a dog, working on leash work during walks or having the dog nail his place commands? Actually, I would work on <laughs> kenneling up in thresholds and getting the dog to be, not be aroused. So I'm in no rush to take the dog outside and work the dog. The first thing I want to do is make sure that we can get that dog to not be aroused. So we often, a dog comes in from a boarding train, it's out of control. I'm not going to be like, I can't teach you anything. Okay. Until you're stopped drinking, I can't teach you how to be sober. You got it? So I need to teach. So I need you off the freaking alcohol. I need you off the drugs. I need you to not be aroused or I can't teach you. So it's the same thing with a dog. You're overly aroused. I need to eliminate the arousal. Now I can start teaching you what I want. That's why a lot of times punishment comes first. So I would teach that dog how to go in and out of a crate properly, thresholds, do some interior work, place command is great, get a good feeling for the dog, then you can head outside. Next. Uh, next one's from Chris. Yep. Any advice for friends coonhound who's bitten several people by running out the front door and charging people in front of the house? They're considering euthanasia. They've never owned a prong or e Okay, so I mean, if they're considering euthanasia, but they haven't utilized all the tools that are out in the in the in the in the rehabilitation toolbox, then they probably should go down that path. Number one, that dog should not be able to run out the door. I get it, mistakes happen but that dog should be obedience trained and it should learn its thresholds. So that dog needs to understand thresholds. You never rush out the door. So remote collar will help you do that, but training helps you do it. I mean, there's, I mean, I can, you can do it with a freaking shoestring, you know? So, but a remote collar is a wonderful tool. So let's get that dog to not rush outdoors at all. Let's make sure that dog has good recall. But again, we don't want to use obedience to fix a behavior problem. That dog needs to be set up to fail eventually and have somebody walk by. That dog tries to run out the door. It should get a correction of its lifetime. Literally, a correction of its lifetime. It's like, like how dare you go try to bite somebody? Because the dog's, the dog's already halfway in the grave. So, you know, you want to make sure that you teach these dogs, like, you can't do that behavior. I mean, you're going to get, you can lose your house. You're going to get sued. If a dog came out and ran out and bit my kid, like you've got to be kidding me. So what, what you want to do is, is remote collar training. Absolutely. But they've got a lot of work ahead of them next. next and they, one. and they should be making these calls. They should be on my show. They should be watching my videos. And I'm glad you are. You're probably just, you know, sniffing around and getting some resources for them, but they need to be all in on this. All right. They need to be all in and realize how serious of a problem it is. Next. Uh, Lucero, 
I have a GSD, very nervous. I tried the educator, worked for a couple of weeks, and now she does not care. She jumps at the pressure in and keeps pulling on the walk when she freaks out. Okay. So she just might not, you just might not know, the dog might not understand the training. Remember, it's not just about pushing buttons, guys. It's not just about pushing buttons. The training still has to happen. I don't want to just someone to just push a button when a dog does something wrong because you still need to teach it what it wants. So if you're not on a prong collar, that'll absolutely help you. The prong collar is going to help you leverage. It's going to help you leverage a lot of your 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 the, the obedience work that you're doing. So you want to make sure that you've got that. Um, so I would make sure you're on a prong collar and the remote collar and teach that dog how to remote collar heel, and then make sure you, the dog understands as soon as he gets aroused, you've got to correct that as well. Next. Hey, we got a top chat. Okay, cool. Can you check it out, please? Because it, um, where I yeah, am. Yeah, Christine Parker, thanks for your help. Thank uh, you. Awesome. Thanks, for Christine. What's okay. so funny over there, kid? Talking to Jamal. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, then I don't want to know. I don't want to know. That's between you two. Next. That's some sick stuff going on. I'm yeah, sure. go ahead. Next. All right, MSOL. Can invisible fence and e-collar be compatible? Would only use collar away from home. Um, yeah, they can be compatible. I mean, you know, you get, we, 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 we always recommend training the dog um, off property at the beginning because the dog might the dog might think that the, the, the remote collar is the invisible fence collar and it'll look down. So we always recommend training the dog off property first, then bring the dog back on the property. Next. This one's from Holly. Yeah, I made it. Damn business tax planning meeting held me up. Howdy from Arizona. Love you guys. Thanks so much for everything. All your effort and time. So appreciated. Awesome. Awesome. So you know this is this is the, you know this is the thing. I want to thank everybody. And most of these questions, guys, most of these questions need like one hour answers. Most of most of these questions that so we offer Skype training too. I also have a Patreon channel. Next. All right. Caucasity. Also, another client wants me to do a week-long boarding train, canine kindergarten, but is concerned that boarding will negatively impact housebreaking. How could I explain to her that it won't if I establish a schedule and I'm consistent and correct for going in the house? So, Caucasity, you know what? Mad respect, and I'm glad you're on the show. It sounds like you're obviously a dog trainer and you're looking for advice. I'm going to give you advice, but what, but what I would do is I would suggest joining my Patreon channel. And I'm not saying that because I want you to spend money. I mean, it's five bucks, you know, but I have a lot of dog trainers that are just starting out that need this guide guidance. And that's why they do monthly Skypes with me. So the thing is this, is that, that, that to me, you absolutely can put together a housebreaking schedule for a dog. A one week boarding train is not going to housebreak the dog. First, you got to crate train the dog and then housebreaking. But then also, you I mean, it takes it takes longer to housebreak a dog than, than a week historically. And that's going to be on your property. Now it's got to be done on their property. So, you know, we don't directly do housebreaking because we don't let dogs free roam around our training center. Um, just like randomly, they're always technically either, you know, they're working or they're outside. So you, you can absolutely put a schedule together and give it to them and be like, here, follow this schedule. Absolutely. Next. Next one is from Ron. Yep. Hey, you two. Ron from the STL. Hey. My six-month-old GSD walks great, but he shits on the sidewalk and not on the grass. What can I do? I want you to get rid of – I want you to talk to the city, and I want you to tell them I don't want any cement in this town. I want everything to be grass. That's what I want you to do. Okay? Tell them Jeff said that. They'll start ripping up cement tomorrow. This is what I want you to do. If your dog, first of all, what's the big freaking deal? Like, 
come on. If once you start seeing your dog poop, drag him over to the grass. Drag him over to the grass. That's what that's what you can do. I mean, believe it or not, I want my dogs to learn how to shit on cements. Why? Because we travel in the RV a lot, and a lot of times we don't have any grass. All I got is a cement parking lot. We sleep in Walmart parking lots all the time. There's usually grass on the outskirts, but we also sleep in truck stops a lot because I'm an RVer. I want my dogs to be able to drop trow on command and poop and pee whenever I tell them to because it's a great skill set for people that travel or if you live in the city where you don't have any grass. But what you can do, you start seeing your dog poop, bring him off to the side. Next. Drop trow. SJ Oats. That's Stephanie. Hey, Good night, guys. Tonight, there were thunderstorms, and the dog didn't want to go walk after they were over because he was still nervous. Worked him through it, and by the end, he was all tail wagged. Awesome, Thanks. Steph. Good job. Yeah, we had some pretty intense storms right mm -hmm. here as well. Thunder, flooding, everything, like literally about half an hour. Uh, Anubis, hello. I would uh, ask about shock collar. I know how I can use it, but I don't know what's the age for it. My puppy's 85 days. I need to know what's okay for using on my puppies. Sorry for my bad English. Don't worry about it, Anubis. That's okay. I struggle with my English as well, and that's the only language that I actually know. So what I would do is this. 85 days, I'd wait a little bit longer. What I'd like to do is I'd like to get this dog at about 14 weeks old. So 14 weeks old, so you're looking at about 98 to 100 days old. And what I want you to do is it's going to be paired with food. So be paired with food, everything. And we're not using it for punishment at all. We're using it literally as just a little bit of a, 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 a just a, a, a tick on the dog's neck that's going to be associated with food. So they see the collar. Food is in the training. They get excited. They get excited. They ex get excited. The collar theoretically isn't doing any of the training yet, but it's part of your training program with your dog. Next. Uh, this one's from Lori. Thanks for the advice. You guys are great. Awesome. And Lori threw us five dollars too. Awesome. So we got date night coming up. Oh, baby. Yeah. Okay. We may um, have to bring Joelle on some of these dates because if she's doing like some of the show too. So who's going to eat less food, you or me? So that we can well, afford to have Joelle. Joelle will eat less food. Besides her. And she just gets salad. And she hates, oh, by the way, she hates lobster. What? The perfect date. She hates lobster. It's like we we don't have to worry about her ever ordering lobster, which is great. Our kids try to. I know. Thirty-seven fifty. I'll take a lobster. It's like what are you nuts? You know, like most kids eat at McDonald's. Our kids, our kids eat run at, like, sushi. Fine friggin' dining. So with our kids, if we if you go, so if anybody hasn't seen Romy eat oysters, this is it. We'll get two dozen oysters. If you get two dozen oysters and if you've got to go to the bathroom, so either of us have to go to the bathroom. You better tie it in a knot because you can't leave the table. And if the oysters get set down or the oysters haven't arrived yet, you've got to be like, if I leave the table now and the oysters come while I'm gone, they will be, they'll be gone. You've got to run a four-minute mile. You've got to run a four-minute mile and you'll be peeing the whole way to the damn bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> because these kids will literally – double fist oysters, stack up the damn shells. It's like, it's incredible. That's why we got to do the dollar oysters. The dollar oysters, I know. Yeah. Next. Uh, this one's from I Am Saztac. Dog still pulls on prong collar, and I seem to be correcting a lot on walks. Any suggestions? Yeah, what I want you to do is this. I want you to switch to a remote collar, but also it's probably your timing. So your timing could be off. What you might be doing is you might be, you might be giving the information to too late. A lot of people are being re reactive instead of proactive. 
okay? So what a lot of people do is like, oh, the dog's pulling, pop. Also, it could be the, the strength of your pop. Once a dog is already pulling, it's sort of too late. And what you might be doing is you might be pulling instead of popping. With a dog next to you in a heel, as soon as that dog starts to forge ahead, while the leash is still loose, you want to give a pretty firm pop with that collar. Also, what you can do is watch my 180 video. It's a, go into my YouTube channel. In my search bar on my channel, type in 180. You'll see a good move that you can do. It's a variation of the Keeler method of dog training, K-M-O-D-T. If people aren't familiar with the Keeler method of dog training, we don't teach it. There's actually courses on it. It's a 10-week course. It's actually a great way to train a dog. A lot of people struggle with it because there are there's it's, it's done on choke chains. We don't use choke chains. We use prong collar. There is actually a big difference. Next. I keep confusing that with Kegels. No, Kegels uh. <laughs> are are something dogs most likely don't do, but but Kegels are fantastic right now. Yeah. If you're looking for some better vaginal control, Kegels are fantastic. Next. Jamal. Not just dog training, you guys. Cassidy, watch Sean's recent video where he shows you the difference between the good stuff a dog gives a trainer and the sucky stuff it gives the owner based off of an associated relationship. Exactly, yeah. Dude, it's got to be this 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 dog training gig that we're doing, man, no matter what we do, the the power that the owner has over the dog can wash away a lot of training. We see it all the time. So we do a mid-session. That's why a one-week boarding train is really challenging. I'm going to encourage you to do longer ones or your level of expectation after a week with you might be high, but with the owner and that's no indication necessarily of your dog training skills, Caucasity. It's just because that's the power of the relationship. So believe it or not, a relationship can make the end results bad. It can work against you. Um, and I also and I often talk about the relationship between the trainer and the dog. A lot of people are like, yeah, build a relationship with the dog as, as, as a trainer. No. I don't want to rely on my relationship to communicate with the dog. Why? It's not my dog. You know, it's not my nine thoughts. It's not my dog. So that's actually works against you. And a lot of my colleagues will be like, you're being a, that's a, well, a lot of people think what I say is I'm being a dick, you know, but it's like, no, if we rely on relationship to communicate and have a dog that's not ours, do stuff, how is that going to help the owner? It's not going to help the owner at all. Then the owner has no leverage. That's why we want to train these dogs on tools because the owner then has leverage. A lot of people don't think about this. Trainers don't think about this stuff because it's they're, they're like, no, I want to use my relationship to build a... No, you don't actually. Now, you're naturally going to have a relationship as you work with the dog, it's inevitable after one week, two week, three week, five week, we get some dogs in for eight weeks. But if it's only based on relationship only, the owner is going to lose. And that's not our job. Our job is to have the owner win. Next. Uh, horse crazy 92. Don't have an e-collar. What else can I do? I use a squirt bottle with water and that works sometimes, but what else can I do for inside and outside and potty area? And we have three little dogs inside. What's the What's the question? I have no idea. Um, so <laughs> I'm not quite sure what I, I, I'm not sure what the question is. Um, sorry, horse crazy. Um, but this is the thing: squirt bottle. I'm, I'm, you know, I mean, I'm not against a squirt bottle. We just don't use squirt bottles because why? They're no good for for you know for you know for distance. I'm not quite sure what 
you're you're using that as a punisher for. So you'll have to you'll have to like I apologize. Next. Uh, Chevy, good to see you guys. Managed to find a balanced trainer to work for free in exchange for learning. And the best part is he is a Gelman fan. Thanks so much for all the encouragement and knowledge. Awesome, Chevy. See if he wants nice. to host see if he wants to host a seminar in New Zealand. Next. April. I do worry because I have a complex PTSD that I will struggle at times doing all the training to hope that I can hope that he can hopefully be a service dog. Okay, I understand. <laughs> April, I'm I'm very you gotta remember, I'm very familiar with your situation, not you personally, but your situation is not unique. So so that that's why it can be challenging for people, especially if you're struggling with PTSD or you've got anxiety-based stuff, um, whether it's, you know, there's so many different le levels of anxiety. Um, that's why it can be challenging. That's why you want to probably team up with a trainer. Next. Um, M. Sol, can you recommend a boarding trainer in Michigan, Ann Arbor area, or Toledo, Ohio? Will you ever come to Michigan? Um, I'm not going to be, I yeah, sure. I mean, I'm, I'm going to be in Canton, Ohio, and I'm going to be in Elkhart, Indiana. I'd encourage you to look at the Elkhart, Indiana seminar. We get a lot of folks from Michigan that go there. You can go to www.rvdogtrainer.com, www.rvdogtrainer.com. That's my seminar website. And I've got um, a Canton, Ohio one plan, but there's one coming up in, in two weeks, actually, um, that's going to be in Elkhart, Indiana. Next. Um, Rachel, one last thing. Can I use a stim correction when my, my dog breaks a downstay that she knows better to hold? Yes, you can. You absolutely can use uh, um, punishment for that, but you have to teach your dog what that means. So still have a leash on your dog because your dog, after it gets, it feels a correction, you still have to make sure that it stay, it goes back into a down. So you have to teach your dog what the no means. Next. Um, this one's from April. I wish you could come to my home in Stewartville, Minnesota and help me as this is hard, but I'm trying hard to do it right. Would you ever come to Southeast Minnesota? Yes, I do. I'm hired help. It's $2,500 a day. And I'm not joking at all. And yes, people pay that. Mostly companies pay that rate because of my consulting thing. So that's why if you can get to one of my seminars, but yeah, I'm hired help. So we've got airfare, travel, lodging. I mean, this is what I do for a living. So I give away tons of free stuff, but I actually make my living. If I'm going to travel to somebody's home or their business, I get, pay I get paid handsomely for it. So that seems a little bit outrageous for a lot of people, but it's like, not really. I mean, not really. I've got a friend that charges $10,000 a day for business advice, you know, that does workshops. So next. Um, this one's from Mandy. Hey, Mandy. Worked with a balanced trainer for our reactive GSD with few dogs living around us. After our move, we now have seven Woo. neighboring dogs. GSD barks in and out of kennel when other dogs bark. Yes, prong and e-collar. E-collar or get a bark collar so it's automatic. Bark cower, dog barks, boom, your dog stops barking instantly. So the timing on it's going to be really, really great. Next. Next one's from Troy. Hey, Troy. Six-month-old pup showing signs of fear, being skittish in public. I don't baby him. Just keep desensitizing him and working through. What do you think? Yeah, Troy, hey, thanks for joining in today. So, yeah, so your dog's going through a fear period that's really, really normal. So what I would do is just get your dog exposed to as many environmentals as possible. Keep your dog in a structured in structured. Uh, uh, um, you know, work and um, work, work your dog through it. You can also do a bunch of different engagement games as, as well while you're with, with different environmentals, but it's really, really normal. The best, the worst thing you can do is baby it though, as you know, next. Um, Jennifer, thanks. Your videos have helped so much with my adopted German Shepherd. Awesome. 
Uh, Christine gave us five dollars. Awesome, Thanks Christine. for your Thank help. You. Thank you. Um, Bob. Uh, thanks. Much appreciated. We are working on setting up a Skype with you soon. Have much going on at our rescue. Hope you'll be coming back to Florida next year. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I've got two houses in Florida, so I know I'm going to be visiting them, one of them soon. I got nothing planned for um, a seminar, though, right now. Next. Mm. Bob, find me a location to do a seminar. I'll come down there and do a seminar. Next. Uh, good. Oh, thanks for asking. Next. Um, MJOR878. Started place about two weeks ago. There's been a couple times I've gotten busy and realized she is up from place and I didn't tell her she could. Am I erasing everything we have accomplished? No, you're not erasing it. You're just doing, you just got to pay more attention. So if you can't pay attention to your dog, put your dog in a crate. It's not a bad thing. You're not using, you know, we, we don't, we don't say bad dog go in your crate. We just say, I don't got time for you right now, dog. You got to go in your crate. So if you're going to do place command, like I've got three dogs in place right now. Um, they're always in place when they're in my office. It's just their default behavior. Um, you got to make sure you're paying attention to them. So you're 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 not putting value to play anymore. Now you're now you're teaching your dog that place is a casual command, which doesn't make you a bad person and doesn't make you a bad you know trainer. But it's definitely going to be counterproductive to what the end result is that you're looking for. Next, Terry. Next. When do you remove e-collar? Um, you remove an e-collar um, um, well, as far as like, well, you don't want them to wear it 24-7. Every four hours, you want to make sure you rotate because they can get pressure sores. As far as an e-collar, when can a dog be off equipment? We are in no rush to get a dog off of equipment. I mean, I know some trainers will say, well, then the dog's not trained. Okay, but, you know, my client, I'm a pet dog trainer, pet dog trainer. My clients are, are, are they've got a life. They've got careers. They've got kids. They've got a life. They've got hobbies. Their kids have got sports. They don't have the hour a day it takes. So if your dog has to have a collar on, which most of them do, why not have something that you can communicate with like a two-way radio? So to me, I wouldn't be in a rush. And outside, outside, off leash, if your dog's trained on a remote collar, keep it on. Keep the collar on. Like, don't be in a rush at all. Like, you can see it'll it'll save your life. It'll it'll save your dog's life one day. The only thing that people remove remote collars for is e usually ego based. When you have something, when you have something that you know works so well, leave it on for that just in case. You never know what's going to happen next. Caucasity. Um, okay, thanks again. I never knew about the Patreon, but we'll sign up and be in touch. Yeah, Caucasity. Mad respect to you too, buddy. Next. Um, April. Um, I gave you guys $14.99 last time you did live chat, and I hope it really helped your date night. It did, April. Sure did Thank it. you so much. Aaron, how do I put pressure on a dog who tries to bite when touched? He scared the crap out of the vet, wears a muzzle, has progressed nicely in other aspects of training. Aaron, are you bringing that dog to the seminar in Providence? I'll show you how to do it. So you got to role play. You got to get some willing strangers to put pressure on the dog and be willing to get snapped at by your dog. That's the only way to do it. You can put pressure on your dog, but what's going to happen when a stranger puts pressure on your dog? Best thing to do with the vet, I muzzle up all my vets. In fact, I'm taking text to the vet um, next Tuesday. I got him a vet appointment on Tuesday. Good. He's got a limp on his leg. I think we saw a little bit of that when he first came in. He definitely got an injury swimming. He, he, he tore a pad, and I thought it was that, but that's healed now, and he's showing a little bit of leg stuff. So, um, so the other day, I was giving him a pretend vet checkup. Um, I didn't take his temperature anally at all. Like, guys, come on, this is a 
child to family show. So what I did was though, but I pulled on his, I gently pulled on his leg. I checked his teeth. He loved every minute of it. Guess what though? When he goes to the vet, he's putting a muzzle on. He's putting a muzzle on. So why? Because he's, he knows how to bite. That's why. You know what I mean? And he's never snapped at me, but you saw me playing tug with him today. Big deal. That's a piece of equipment. That doesn't mean to bite a human, but still better safe than sorry. You got to hold that tug a little higher or a little lower. What was it on my, right by my cock it and balls? It <laughs> really was. And right. I was like, ah! right. um, next. Okay. I'm looking. Tiffany. Tiffany. I compete in dog sports with my dogs. They all potty on command. Sometimes we only have 45 seconds from crate to competition. Exactly. Tiffany. Mm -hmm. Also, so I'll, I'll hang out with every once in a while with a canine team out there. I've got a buddy that is the master trainer out there. And he's like, there's a humongous field, a training field. And he's like, no dogs better be pissing on this field. It's like, no way. So they don't want to piss in there. All, most people that have got working dogs, sport dogs, even agility dogs, like they want them to be able to pee on command. Boom. Let's go. Next. Chakalaka. Next. Um, Mandy. April Lauer, there's a balanced trainer in St. Paul. Awesome. So, Mandy, yeah, good. We can't put up names of trainers on our show because I know nothing about them at all. But but there are balanced trainers out there. They're out there. So what do you do? Look on the internet. Find them on the internet. Um, um, go to their websites. Go to their social media. See if you connect with them. Do your due diligence. Next. Um. Sandy, actually Colleen, um, all the dog trainers around here, Fort Worth, Texas, will make us use a regular collar, won't use e-collar or prong. How do I find one that uses e-collars and prongs? Hey, so Colleen, you got to just look up, look online. There's, there's, Texas is a huge amount of dog trainers. Number one, you've got a dog training school there. Um, and so you've got a huge amount and it's Texas. I mean, come on, like it's Texas, guns, barbecue. So there are a huge amount of People, I would I would call up some of the trainers up in the Dallas area. Um, where are you where, where are you located again? Fort Worth, oh Dallas, Fort Worth. You got dog trainers out there. You've got lots of them. Got lots of them. Next. Okay, Rachel, you'd look great with short hair with it spiked up in the front. Did you hear that, Linda? You should shave your head again. Next. Uh, Nathan. Hey, Nathan. Finally jumped on the live with you guys. Great information. Have a new nine-week Aussie. Is she too young to use a bonker for jumping and nipping? Any advice on starting a young puppy off right? No, not at all. A lot of people say, never punish the dog. It'll like, you'll lose the relationship. That dog doesn't stop jumping and nipping. You're going to, that dog, you ain't going to have a freaking relationship with that dog. So you absolutely can use a bonker, you know, jumping dog. I'll, 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 I'll give a leash pop down, nipping dog. I take my finger, my thumb, I'll put it in the dog's throat. I'll push down on its tongue. You know, I'll, I'll do that. You might, there's no reason why it has to be nipping. And it's like, oh, it's teething. Okay, but don't teeth on me. All right, next. Um, horse crazy. Sorry, I didn't put barking. They bark inside at oh. the back door and they bark while they are outside too. And they bark when people come in the front door. They okay. know place. So horse crazy is what I want you to do. Get yourself a bonker. These are bonkers, okay? It's You make it. It's a towel. It's a wrapped up towel with two elastics or rubber bands. I have bands. a question. If she has tiny dogs, is she going to use one? Yeah. And what you're going to do is when these dogs are barking at the door, you're going to say no, and you're going to make a couple of these. You're going to whiz this towel right at them. Got it? You whiz it, it right at them. All right? Um, I'm off the clock. Okay. That's what I want you to do with your dogs. Water bottle is not practical. We're doing a shift change right now. Mm -hmm. Shift change. 
Hey, everybody. So we're still on for another maybe half hour. Depends what I can get out of Joel. Um, it's Jeff Gelman of Solid Canine Training. Go to SolidCanineTraining.com. Thanks, Linda. SolidCanineTraining.com. You can go there, see the work we do. I've got a Patreon channel. Patreon is a great place to do Q&A. I do a lot of, um, I do a, a totally separate private podcast right there. We just did that one right there. So that's next, the retracted one. All right, next. And you don't scroll down too far. Yep. Okay. Carol, I have a dog with separation anxiety. I'm about to be kicked out of my apartment. Help me. She barks a lot and scratches the door. So, Carol, what I want you to do is get your dog into a crate tonight and get yourself a bark collar. The only way to stop a barking dog when you're not home is a remote bark collar. Do not get citronella. Do not get water. Do not get hand sanitizer. Do not. Do, you didn't sound like you just touched me. <laughs> Did you come in contact with me physically? And you have to sanitize your hands? Are you, yeah. that, are you that repulsed by me? You touched your chair. Did you touch my chair? Okay. Yeah. All right. So, um, well, you're sitting next to me. I better like <laughs> protect myself too. We have to have a safe. This is a. This is a, this is a, a safe podcasting. Yeah, it needs to be it's like safe sex. It's safe podcasting. Exactly. Right. We say sterile and hygienic here. Oh, All right. You want rubber gloves or anything or a mask? No, I'm good. Okay. Good. Just let me know. All right. So. Um, what I want you to do is I've got a video on separation anxiety on how to stop it. I believe it's created by human. It can be eliminated by human. Very rarely is it genetic. Um, so create your dog and get a bark collar for your dog. Don't get citronella because in my opinion, citronella is abusive. Number one, it stays in the air for hours. A proper punisher should be a split second. It's confusing to the dog. There's also cancer causing ingredients in citronella and it goes up the no. it goes up and stays up the dog's nose. So Bark collar you can get from e-collar technology. You can get a bark collar from them. Crate train your dog and it won't do any of those things. That's how you fix those problems. Next. Sean Diller. I live in Toledo. Contact off-leash Toledo for e-collar training as Jeff would recommend. Awesome trainers. That yep. was to you, M. Soul. All right. There you go. Um, April. Sorry. Wow. $2,500 is a lot that we don't really have with five kids and a child with, uh, several and husband is a disabled veteran. Do you ever help families in need of this kind of situation? Okay. So April, I know it's a lot of money. I know it's a lot of money. That's why I have so many free resources. So do I help? I do a hundred thousand dollars a year in pro bono work. So come to one of my seminars Come to one of my seminars and you can have a free ticket to my seminar. But for me to fly out there, to leave my family, to leave my business, no, I can't do it for free. I can't do it for free. So th this is literally how I make a living. But meanwhile, I give away a ton of free stuff. Like we're on my show right now. We're interacting. I would tell you to dive into my videos. Literally, you should be watching hundreds of my videos and applying it. So your dog doesn't even sit yet. We're far away. You don't need me for that. You don't need me for any of this basic foundation training. You can learn it from YouTube, my YouTube channel. People around the world are training their dogs on their own with my free content. And then they could also interact with me here for $5 a month. You can join my Patreon channel for $5. You can ask a question. You can get one-on-one -on -one training. For us, for fifty dollars a month, you can get a Skype session with me. So you don't need to spend any money. Everything you need to know is free. But if you physically want me there, it's going to cost you. That's why I give out so much free stuff. Because guess what? I'm not sitting on a load of money right here. So 
right? We're all in a situation. We all need money. We all need money. It's, it, you know, this is how I make a living, you know? So, so, but I'm, but I'm doing all this free content for you. So start consuming it and start it tomorrow. Next. Todd, thanks for the frankness. You're welcome, Todd. He also said, I have a reactive Husky Shepherd, reactive on leash when dogs approach and getting in car. Suggestions? So yeah, so reactive, again, we talked about this a little bit earlier, Todd. Todd, you're brand new, I think, to my show. I don't know if I've seen your name before. Welcome. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for being here. Thanks for consuming the content. I really appreciate every single person that actually watches and consumes my content. This is easy for me to do. But it's but it's the people that actually are putting the work in that actually I really really admire for 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 the effort they're putting in. What I want you to do is have that dog on a prong collar, have that dog on a remote collar. What I want you to do is teach that dog how to heal. I've got free videos on that. I want you to teach that dog. You have to learn at the beginning of the sequence of arousal. What you need to do is you need to learn how to punish that dog, apply a punisher. What it does is it tells the dog that was not acceptable. Obviously, you can reward the dog for walking next to you, but that the most important thing is that punisher for when the dog does something you don't like. So that's the first start. Next. Um, April. No more of her. Go ahead. Okay. Next. Mandy, thanks yep. for the bark advice. Guest very impressed with his holding place upon their arrival. Balance training has helped me immensely. Awesome. Thank you. Todd said, oh no, I scrolled down too far. Um, first time for me from Canada. You come up here? I do, Todd. Actually, I've got a seminar in Collingwood and I'm probably going to be doing one out in BC. So my Collingwood sem seminar is, I think, oh, June maybe. Go to rvdogtrainer.com. Next. Terry, I purchased mini e-collar on your recommendation. Thank you. How can, how can I send you money? Terry? Well, you already have the collar, right? Oh, you just want to do it. You want to pay for the, just send me what, just do a super chat, do a super chat. There's a little dollar sign right there. Hit the dollar at the bottom of your screen underneath your chat screen. Click on that. Go ahead. Go, go to donation for date night. But and my date night went up now because now we're having, it's going to be, it's going to be a threesome with Joel. So get your mind out of the gutters guys. It's not like that. So, but yeah. All right. Next. Ryan. Hey guys, can you explain fence aggression at dog parks? So, well, don't go to dog parks, please. Dog parks are a horrific place to go. It's a barrier. Barriers create a lot of unwanted behavior in dogs. Barriers do. So a leash is a barrier. You can have dogs that, that you're on a leash. It looks like they want to kill. Drop the leash. Please don't drop the leash, everybody. But they just want to get the other dog to say hello. It's a frustration thing. They're usually frustrated. Now, they might be outright aggressive, but that's it's no surprise that dogs fence fight. It's also fun for them to do. They actually enjoy it. So, you know, we eliminate it. I don't think anybody wants their dogs to fence fight. So the way you eliminate it is with a remote collar. Next. Um, I am Saztec. 13 week puppy barks a lot while playing and bothers other dogs. Normal or how should I fix? Yeah. I mean, that's excitement barking. I mean, if we had a 13 week old puppy in our socialization, like we just did a Facebook live the other day, it was a Facebook Live, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, Facebook Live. Yeah, Facebook Live. I think we did it on Instagram too. That was that would have been gone. I now. wasn't there. But the you weren't there. It's my day off. Oh, was it? Oh, yeah. um, we we had a puppy. Well, we had three puppies I out. I saw the Facebook. Yeah, one. of course you do it. Well, I'm not there. You get on me for holding puppies, and then Joelle leaves, and they're like, "Oh, let's let's do the puppies." Nobody was so nobody was holding the puppies. We're we're playing. Jess, was. Jess is definitely holding puppies. 
<laughs> all right, all right. So, um, uh, uh, you know what they say, better to hold a puppy than, you know, a, a kilo of Coke for your friend though, you know, especially at the border, you know? Right. So at least that's one of my favorite slogans. Um, put that on a t-shirt and sell it for $12.99. So what, I'm, what, what you're gonna do is, if, if the puppy is 13 weeks old, it's usually excitement. It's usually excitement. So what do you do? It's arousal, it's excitement. If we had a puppy that was doing that at 13 weeks old, I'd probably throw a bonker at him and tell him to shut up. Next. Horse crazy 92 um, LOL, thank you. I'll try that and see. Thanks, Jeff and Linda. Thank you for confirming the size of the towel. Oh, yeah. You're welcome. Take care. She also said, oh, let's keep scrolling. I've been teaching them place for when people come in so they don't bark so much, but my mom's Yorkie barks so much and his is so loud. Say that one more time. I've been teaching them place for, okay, the bark. Yeah. So, oh, horse crazy. So, yeah, you, you started with a punisher, use the bonker. Next. Nathan, thanks. I fought for years with another dog to get rid of bad behaviors using all positive reinforcement. I loved that dog, but it had terrible habits. I'm glad to know there is more realistic way. Yeah, so Nathan, this is, this is a big, you know, this is the thing, is I understand the ideology, the cult-like ideology of positive only, force-free. Guys, I know I'm talking a lot about um, uh, punishment on this show, but 90% but of the work we do is reward-based at our training center. Literally, we are clicking and saying yes and, and rewarding with food 90% of our day. If I've got three trainers working, we're literally a thousand times a day, a dog is being rewarded, most likely. Punishing, probably less than 24 times. But it's impossible to stop an unwanted behavior with a reward. It cannot be done. It's not, it can't be done. Now, trainers will say that it can, but they can't. They have no video to prove it. They're full of shit. There's a lot of unethics. And this is not an attack on any one trainer. I don't do that. You'll never hear me mention names ever. You don't hear me bashing any particular trainer, but I, I do call out a whole industry, my own industry. You're being lied to by the, you're being lied to by professionals. So it's like, People are good at saying, no, you should use this. What you should say is, here's a great question to ask a trainer. I've got a 90-pound Rottweiler. It's jumping on my five-year-old. How do I stop it now? That's a great question to see if that trainer is right for you. And if they don't tell you step-by-step step on how to stop it today, don't hire them. The answer should be this. Put your dog on a prong collar or remote collar. Have it on a leash. Walk towards the five-year-old. As soon as that dog tries to jump up, I don't care what size it is, jump up at the five-year-old, say no, give it an extremely firm correction with a leash, prong combo, or a remote. That's how you stop jumping now, today. You make jumping suck. Now, what if the trainer says, teach the dog to sit, wrong trainer for you. If the dog says, the trainer says, ignore the dog, you have to fucking be kidding me. So I should allow a dog of any size to jump on my kid and that dog should eventually stop? And my grandmother, it should just stop. How many times does it jump on them? Do you know that people are injured 
literally bones are being broken from jumping dogs. It's the most unethical thing. Turn your back on the dog. Really? So Angelo, who is five, I should tell him to turn his back on a jumping dog. My own child, I should allow a dog to jump up on. You really fucking hate people, don't you, trainer? You really have zero respect for the human race. No. You punish the dog in the act for doing something that is not allowed, and you punish it firmly. Now, right now, this second, you do it. That's a great first question to find out if that trainer knows how to stop an unwanted behavior or not. If they don't, why would we want that trainer to even work with aggression? You can't stop jumping. Next. Terry donated $4.99. Thanks, Terry. Next. And Nathan said, what's the closest you come to Salt Lake City for seminars? Um, Salt Lake City is Utah. Oh, this year, nothing. Let's see. But probably Las Vegas um, or Seattle. Nothing in Utah. Nothing in Utah. Next. Um, Horse Crazy 92. What would you do with him? I give them a daily treat for their teeth and my mom's Yorkie will stare and beg till I give it and wait and I wait him out until he isn't paying attention and put him in place before they get it. What? I don't, I don't get it. I don't know. Horse Crazy, what are you doing? I don't understand the question. Next. Abigail, I create our 15 week throughout the day and at night. How do you feel about dog running loose in our fenced off backyard through the day? Large rural property or is that too much freedom? It depends on your behavior issues. I mean, I'm not against dogs. I mean, my dogs are outside. My dogs are outside. They run around right now. They're right next to me. But my dogs have a play yard. All depends on your behavioral issues of the dog. So I'm a big advocate of running around yards and playing. But unsupervised, you got to be careful. And then what's your... What's your, and in, 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 no, just knowing no training is going on. That's all. Next. Uh, Vincent, working line German Shepherd is eating my walls. Will an e-collar at 15 to 20 correct this? Well, don't worry about the number. So first of all, I would say, how does the dog have access to your, to your walls? Where are you? Where's the human in all this? So where, you know, where are you? Um, so if it's like, oh, it's when I leave the house, it's like your dog should be crated. So so I've got, I've got working line dogs, which doesn't make a difference. Any dog can eat, eat, eat the wall. But to me, I'd be like, why are our, our eyes off the dog? Because the dog could die from ingesting something. So will an e-cower stop? But you should be crating your dog. Your dog should be in a crate when you're not there. It should be, you know, it should be in command when you are there. If you want to give it free roaming and it goes to eat the walls, you absolutely can correct it. But I would just say we're missing the human leadership component there. Next. Tiffany, love your live Q&As. Oh, thank you, Tiff. April, where are, your, where are your seminars? So if you go to www.rvdogtrainer.com, rvdogtrainer.com, because I travel North America in my motorhome, um, you can see my seminar locations. Next. Michelle, hi, Jeff. I've watched enough of your vids to have cringe moments watching folks misuse prong on hyper pity. I told them to watch your vids. They told me to F off. Thanks for all you do. Michelle? That sounds about right. Just to let you know, when I'm when I see dogs, so I never give out advice until unless I'm asked. If I see an out of control dog on the street, I don't say a damn thing. You'll never see. I don't even own business cards, so it's like I don't like. I'm not. I don't tell them I can help them. I don't give out advice at all. If their dog comes running over to me off leash, I don't be like, oh, you should train that dog better recall. What do I do? I neutralize the threat. I go on my way. I literally don't ambulance chase 
for, for, you know, for, for, you know, dog training. So I mind my business. I stay in my lane. If your dog, if your dog affects me, I'll take the appropriate response. If not, that's your problem. Next. Good policy to have. Nobody wants to be told what to do. Next. Melissa, how do I introduce my 75 pound puppy to my parents, five pound Yorkie? Yorkie has no manners and we're visiting my parents this weekend. You don't. You don't. All right. Which is not dog training. You don't. Nope. I don't want them to meet each other. It's too, the weight, the weight difference is too much. You've got an out of control dog. The best thing you can do is you'd be like, all right, mom and dad, or I'm not going to assume that your, your parents are heterosexual. Um, so, you know, Hey parents, Hey parents, um, uh, 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 you gotta, you know, one of us is putting the dog away. So you might want to not bring your dog. So my parents have a small dog. It doesn't get along with other dogs. I don't train family, my family's dogs. So what do I do? My dogs are, my dogs come in. They're, they're usually, I, I'll put them in my, I leave them in my RV or they're um, out They're They're outside. So next. Horse crazy 92 said, sorry, what do you do for begging and staring? He drives me crazy. He follows me around. And when I sit down, he will stare at me for a while. Horse crazy. Be proactive, buddy. Tell the dog what to do. Tell him to go to place. So she says, I put, I put them in place before they are allowed to get their treats, but he will bark at me from place. And I tell him stop to stop giving, and snap. Sorry. <laughs> stop interrupting me <laughs> and snap at him. Is this the right thing to do? <laughs> no, stop giving him treats. You don't need to use food anymore. Stop with the food. We use food at all. But now just tell your dog to freaking go to place and it's done. The dog should know place now. You've already done place. So so just tell the dog to go to place. That's it. it it's staring at you because it's expecting a reward. So rewards are supposed to be not expected. They're supposed to be random at some point. They call it variable rewarding. But with me, I, my dogs are in place. I don't reward them. It's, you want to hang out with me? That's where you go. You don't have to always be praising your dog. Like Just like live your life. So if the dog's staring at you, tell it to knock it off. Next. Lucero, I want to do Skype with you. How long is the wait? Sending an email with video of issue before or after. I'm confused how to get the, how to use the e-collar. So Lucero, so the wait is less than a week. What you do is you go onto our website, solidcaninetraining.com. You can go to our shopping cart. You can actually get a Skype, 30 minute or 60 minute Skype right from the shopping cart. You do that. And then Jessica, my assistant, will email you um, um, some dates and you guys will work out a date and a time. And it's always going to be in Eastern Standard Time. It'll be in my time zone for this lack of confusion. And then we take it from there. And you can send a video. Once you pay, you can send a video. Don't send a video first. I won't watch it. I don't watch it. I get people send me videos all the time. And I'm like, I don't know. Number one, I don't, I don't open up files. Um, especially if I don't know who you are. Um, so, um, and I can't watch it because we get dozens of requests a day for help. Next. Uh, Abigail. Okay. Makes sense to me. I might start creating him when I go out to rather than letting him have the run of the yard. You've helped me gain so much confidence with my dog. Thanks again. Awesome. Abigail. Yeah, hold on here, Abigail. You might start creating him. Bullshit. Freaking create the dog. None of the, what do you mean? You might. No. Crate the dog. Mandatory. Do it. Got it? Do it. Next. Horse Crazy 92. LOL thinks I don't give them a reward for being in place so they don't jump up on me while I get the treats and they don't bother each other eating the treats. So you're using food as a distraction. That's what you're doing, right? Who's training who there? 
horse crazy. Who's training who? Your dogs have you trained. They have you trained. What are they? They, 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 they ring a little bell. Dad, mom, horse crazy. Bring us some more food. Bring the king some food. Come on. Let's go. They're playing you. Next. Melissa, thank you. You're welcome, Melissa. April, my GSD Echo is actually listening to you right now, sitting in his bed. His ears and face keep turning like he's interested. Of course he's interested. <laughs> uh, Todd, your question to flush out the eligibility of a potential trainer is so bang on. <laughs> I approached some trainers since getting my dog just over a year ago. I was beginning to lose faith. Thank you. You're welcome. Bang on. Where are you from, Todd? Yeah, never heard that. Bang on. Where are you Bang from? On. Let me start saying that. Next. Abigail says, yes, sir. <laughs> Damn right, Abigail. <laughs> Todd says, they all say feed or distance or avoid. Made no sense. So this is the thing. So we absolutely utilize distance. I mean, we don't do, we don't do you know, you know, there's certain protocols, you know, that, that people like to do that take, you know, 18 months, which is ridiculous. We'll absolutely use distance. Absolutely, we will use distance with a with a highly reactive dog because we don't want to make it too hard at the beginning. But but eventually, and and just to let you know, like if I see if I'm walking my dogs and I see a dog coming towards me, I'm moving out of the way because I don't trust people and I don't trust dogs. Like we almost got nailed the other night by that one golden yeah. retriever. Mm -hmm. Literally, it dragged its owner a good ten feet. Yeah, we're like, right holy, really? We're like, holy shit. It almost, so we were already in the road. We had like nowhere yeah, else to go. Yeah, we were in the road and because I saw a dog and we're in the road and I had four dogs with me. Ronan was on my right side and this dog like came within like less than a foot of Ronan. And that would have been a horrific dog fight. I'm sorry. I have no, like, if your dog comes lunging at my dogs, my dogs are not going to just go, duh. They're going to defend themselves. And I let, I would let them defend themselves. It's like, control your fucking dog. You know, I don't say that, but I'm like, whoa. So definitely want to, definitely want to be careful out there. Next. So we utilize space too. I utilize space all the time. Next. Horse crazy. LOL. Well, so true. My dog goes to his bed by himself now. Thanks for your help. Okay, good. Vincent. Yep. Um, my GSD is contained in an empty room. I used to crate her at 9 p.m., take her out of crate at 5 a.m., then would crate her all day while I was at work. I felt it was too many hours between night and day, so I so decided to contain her in a room with chew toys. But how's that going for you, buddy? You know what I mean? So this is the thing. I get it. I get it. So this is what I want you to do. So you've got to decide. So you've got to decide, okay, you've got limited time. You felt bad. I get it. It means you're normal. We all feel bad. So what I would do is you're going to have to try to find maybe the budget somewhere where you can put your dog into a doggy daycare. You can have yourself a dog walker. You might have to get a second job. You might have to drive Uber, bartend, wait tables. It's like, so I, I understand. Or, or stop spending money on frivolous things maybe. I get it. But then again, like who am I to tell you what to do with your life? But all I know is this, putting your dog in a room, you got a German shepherd and it's probably, it's probably bored off its butt. So you got to figure out something to do. You got to figure out something to do with this dog to occupy its time. I have no problem. I mean, we, we all got to work, right? We all have to work. If you got to create your dog for eight hours a day, so be it. A lot of people will be like, well, then you shouldn't own a dog. What, what? Fine. Okay. Then I'll just, then I'll just like rehome this dog. Like where are all these dogs going to go? Like we all have jobs. We all, we all work. What I tell people to do is you got to figure out the budget to 
pay for whatever, 20 bucks a day for daycare or 30 bucks or 40 bucks for daycare. You have to find the money somewhere. That usually means a second job. Next. Um, and you can make money from home now. Like you can drive Uber. You can make money from home. You can flip stuff on eBay. Like there's so many things you can be doing. Next. Najaru, I adopted fearful six-year dog that I've never leash walked ever. I know. He started loving walk and happy, but still very fearful and lose confident easily inside the house. Any advice? Yeah, so more, more and more structure. Kudos to you for being able to get this far. More and more structure. And tools will help. So fear, people think, oh, shock collar for a fearful dog. How horrible. Nope. Nope. You can fight fear with fear. You absolutely can. That doesn't mean shock cowers make a dog. We're trying, not trying to be, intimidate the dog, but I'm just telling you, you're, what you're going to do is you're going to take away the natural flight response from this dog. So you'll be able to get this dog in a, in a space where you want it to be. So the more structure, hold the dog more accountable. Watch out for your affection. Watch out for your babying. Next. Todd says, just outside of Toronto, calling what is doable. I'm okay. making a bonker. Okay, awesome. Cool. April. If you're by Toronto, definitely. I drive right I drive right through Toronto to get to you. I mean, to get to Collingwood. I drive right by it. Next. There you go. April says, how do I stop my echo to stop trying to chase six cats in the house? Tricks with the mini e-collar. There's no tricks. We don't do tricks at all. We just do training. Make it suck to chase cats. Remote collar. You look at the freaking cat. I make sure that sucks. That's how you stop it. Next. Carol, I saw the collar you recommend, but it is expensive. What do you think? Cheaper options or is that the best? I will take the price if necessary. Thanks so much. Carol, the reason why I suggested it is because that's what I want folks to buy. Do not buy the cheap collars. They suck. They, they suck. So if you're going to buy a collar, again, like don't go out for, don't go out to eat for a month. Give up cigarettes, give up alcohol. Buy more veg. Buy more vegetables unless and, and, and cook all your own. Cook all your own meals. Don't go out. You know, cut back on your budgeting. Come up with 180 bucks for a good quality remote collar. So you got e-collar technologies. You've got Dogtra. Those are the, excuse me. Those are the two that I recommend. Next. Um, Jamal, late night walk after this exercise or another purpose to this? Like us walking. Probably not. I don't know. I'm tired. You, you guys are having private conversations over there. I got no idea what's going on with Jamal anymore. All right. Next. Pat. No, we're not walking tonight. No. No, we're Pat. done. Pat Contilly, my six-month-old cockapoo, just started aggressively lunging, growling at my husband. It's yeah. only when the dog is sitting on the floor next to me. What's next in stopping this? So your dog is resource guarding you. That has to be a. There's got to be a punisher. Um, there's got to be a there's got to be a there's got to be a punisher applied to the dog. So six months old, that's normal. Dog's going through a different stage of its life. But I would teach that dog place number one. But you don't use obedience to fix a behavioral problem. I'd get yourself a bonker. Bonker is the towel again, like this. That dog growls or looks funny at your husband. Say no. Boom. Stop it cold. Next. April says, I didn't mean tricks. I meant tips. I know tips too. No tips. I got training. Remote collar. Make it suck to chase cats. Next. Sonora, my cocker spaniel gets very aggressive and bites on my family and I near him and he gets uncomfortable. What should I do to help him get comfortable around my family and people in general? Well, what I want you to do is stop the biting right away. So, um, uh, where's the, where's the question again? 
I'm getting lost here. Right there. He's very aggressive and bites yeah. bites when my family and I get near him. So what you're doing is your dog is your dog. You got yourself you got yourself an aggressive dog on your hands. So what you're going to do is you're going to do your you're going to get your dog. Number one, what's your leadership look like? What's your structure look like? That's the biggest thing. Do you ever, is, it, is your house a free-for-all? Do you let the dog make its own decisions? Are you creating the dog? Do you have structure in that dog's life? Are you training that dog? Does the dog know any commands at all? Does the dog understand the concept of no? So um, you know, lead, typical leadership stuff. You're spending more time on affection and love than you are on structure and consequences. So um, as far as the aggression, what you want to do is you can start doing protocols with touch. So what you do is you get that dog to learn how to take physical touch. Also make sure the dog has got no injuries in it, ears um, or teeth or spine. You know, it's, it's, it's possible that there's too much stress in the house. Dog gets stressed out. It snaps. I would need more specifics on your, on your, on your situation and like what, 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 what is actually going on. That's why our Skypes are really powerful. Our Patreon's really powerful. But the first thing I tell people to do is massive amounts of structure in your house. Next. Uh, Najaru, thank you. Love you guys. Oh, thank you too, Najaru. Love you too. Horse crazy. What size and millimeter prong collar would you suggest for a 16 pound Maltese mix? Uh, two point two. Let's see, 1.75, 2.25, 2 collar. Okay. Next. Jamal says the dogs. No, we're not walking. We're not walking the dogs, Jamal. No. Next. Gary, thanks, Jeff. My GRD listens to me even under big distractions. Oh, awesome. Nice. Cool. Um, See, Kathy says lost video. Michelle says video quit. Oh wow, we lost video. Did you guys see us now? <laughs> oh yeah, well it looks like your video is frozen. Yeah. You might have to watch the replay on this, but my video is still working. Your video is frozen there. Sorry guys. This was last time too though. Yeah, I did it last time. Sorry. Um, <clears throat> Josh, I didn't get an alert for your YouTube live this time. How weird. Nice to see the J and J combo. Yeah, try doing um um. Try to hit. Try to hit uh, uh, the, the the notifications. I'm not sure why. Next. April says, "I meant, how do you get the GSC puppy to get along with the cats?" I don't know how they can get along. Your your dog might not like the cats, so we do avoidance first. Plus, the cat cats are really snarky, and they can also tease the hell out of the dog. So, what I would do is I would do existence first. Put your dog into avoidance. So you put your dog into avoidance, which means you can't interact with the cats. That's the safest first thing to do. Next. Pat, thanks so much. Love you guys. Hey, love you too. I am Saztac. Uh, dog didn't seem to react to e-collar, even with long hair pins. Adjusted it a few times and still got nothing. The collar does work. Does it need to be very tight or any trick to get a good fit? Yep. So you want to do it on the side. So you want to make sure you've got contact. So without con most people don't do the collar tight enough. So you need good contact. The box shouldn't move. So if you take the box, the collar should be here or here because you've got muscles. It is a muscle stimulator, transepidural neurological stimulator. It's a muscle stimulator. So if you try to move the box, it shouldn't move. The box shouldn't move around the dog's neck. Make sure that the contacts are actually touching skin. If you've got a really furry dog, you might have to use the thick fur contact points. Then also depends on the environmentals and the environmental stimuli that's going on in the distractions, which are sort of the same thing there. Your dogs are different variable numbers. So, you know, number 12, just for for the sake, might not mean anything if, like, there's a squirrel there. So, also, you want to look for muscle movement. If the dog's muscle moves, they feel it. But some dogs aren't going to do anything when they feel the stimuli because you haven't told them what to do or it has no meaning for them yet. Next. Josh, my 1.5-year-old GSC started throwing himself on the floor when he sees his bark collar. Not the e-collar, just the bark collar. 
So your dog's just having a little temper tantrum. Why? Check the levels. See if see if the dog's see if the cow is freaking him out. It could be just a protest. Dog could just be a protest. What you can do is put the bark collar on the dog, set up a video camera, activate the collar, see what the dog does. Next. Gary, e-collar and learning when your dog is about to overreact makes all the difference, but it does take time to learn your dog signals. Again, thank you. Yeah, exactly, Gary. That's what it is. The biggest thing, the biggest thing is understanding the beginning of the sequence. The beginning of the sequence is the hardest thing to do. It's the hardest thing to figure out for a lot of people. Because what we do is we look at our dogs and we're like, oh, like they won't react. It's like, yeah, they will. It's like, if you're an alcoholic, you shouldn't be in a bar. It's just the way it's the way it is. Oh, I'm just going to have one drink. It's like, you're an alcoholic. No, you're not. Or it's like being a casual heroin user. It's like, no, that doesn't work. I bet you a lot of folks that do heroin wish they could be, but it's like, no, it doesn't work. You're a drug addict. So, so what you need to do is like, sorry, you can't go into a bar. Sorry, you can't do drugs. Sorry. Anytime it looks like you're about to do drugs or you're about to have a drink, it's my job as, as your sponsor or as the one that truly loves you is I got to stop it at the beginning of the sequence because I need to break the pattern. Next. Kathy says the video is back and April said no interruptions here. Awesome. Todd, with respect to bonkers, if you had a dog who would growl and some minor teeth show with one family member, would I as a leader use the bonker? I'm hearing that this dog saying they're uncomfortable. So all depends. I mean, so this is the thing about growling. I'm not against growling. So I guess you've got to, um, you've got to just figure out what I need a little bit more background. So meaning it's funny because here I am talking about like, I don't need to know fucking background, but it's like, if the family member is doing something that would trigger the dog and make the dog uncomfortable, it's like, I would be like, Hey, family member, don't do that. But if the family member is just walking by that's bullshit. That's bullshit. That's not acceptable. If the family member is trying to pet the dog, you know, all dogs don't accept all, all, all people. But I'd be like, if you don't growl for anybody else but this one family member, why is that? I would probably would, I would punish the dog for that. I would punish the dog for that. And then I would also say, hey, human, stay away. I wouldn't allow anybody to force themselves on the dog except for you, the owner. You should be able to pet your dog. All right, next. Uh, April. No, he loves the cats and he wants to play. And one of the kittens wants to play too. The others try to whack him in the face. So the other, so first of all, we don't know if he loves the cats. Okay. Unless he's sending a fucking text that says one, four, three. And even then, if it's a male dog, men are full of shit. They'll say anything to get pussy. Right. So, oh sorry. I can't. <laughs> I can't. I'm so sorry, guys. That was so unacceptable, <laughs> but it's true. No, isn't it's it? not the worst you said on the show. <laughs> it's so true, though, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, so I'm sorry. That just all that just all fucking fit. That just all fits. It's a great play on words. That was I'll just give it to you. that was just that just that just fit together so well. I'm sure one one from man is going to take that soundbite out and make that into a YouTube video. <laughs> so this is the thing. We don't know if the dog loves the cats. Like that's a human thing. I can't tell the dog to, to get along with the cat. What I can do is I can control the dog's actions to the cat. So I can make sure there's no rough play. I'm always concerned about dogs and cats, two different species existing together. 
because it doesn't take much for a dog to kill another animal, let alone a cat. Now, cats can be pretty nasty, especially if they've got their claws. They can freaking fight like the best of them. Cat fights are actually pretty damn horrific. I'd rather get, get bit by a dog than be attacked by a cat, frankly. So what, the, what I always suggest is right now, avoidance. Get the dog to just mind its own business and leave the cats alone. That's what I always suggest. Next. Um, I think this is a continuation of Todd's question um, about the growling. He said this should be obliged and leave the dog. Exactly. Comfortable. Yep, exactly. Um, horse crazy, thanks. I will leave you alone for the rest of the night. Oh, horse crazy, thanks. Uh, Melissa. Shoot. This, okay. Can I use the same approach towards cats for my Roddy puppy and my parents' Yorkie? Frequently, dogs sat Yorkie before getting Roddy when parents traveled. Yeah, I'm not sure what the question is, Melissa. If you're... I don't train cats. Do you mean if the dog's going after the cat? Yeah, you can do that, if that's the question. All right. Pat, think uh, think about coming to Naperville, Illinois for a training seminar. Lots of money, and we all love our dogs and love good training. So, Pat, I'm going to be in Elkhart, Indiana. I'll be in Elkhart, Indiana. That's close enough to Naperville. Most people drive. The record is 36 hours. Someone drove across Australia. After that, the record is 20 hours. Martha drove with her family yeah. to one of my seminars. The average person drives about eight hours to one of my seminars. So if you're within eight hours of Elkhart, Indiana, please come. Um, if you want to find a venue for me in Naperville, um, I'll be more than happy to do it. But, you know, you know, you know, even even people in poor areas still come to my seminars because people travel great distances to go to my seminars. But right now, I would need to find a seminar location and then have confidence that I can sell the tickets. And you have to keep in mind, in order for me to sell 35 tickets, literally, we have to advertise to 250,000 pet owners. 250,000 pet owners. Those are my stats. That's how many people see my ads. They're all pet owners. They fit my demographic. We've got a specific demographic of 25 to 55-year-old female pet owner within 300 miles of a seminar. We, we, we target 250,000 of them. They see my ad up to 10 times to just to get 35 tickets sold. So it's like, like we got a formula for filling up seats, but I'll be more than happy to look at a new location. Next. Yuko, do you have a video of how you punish the dog with e-collar when the dog is lunging and barking? No, but I don't have any video on that, but I talk about it all the time. It's at the beginning of the sequence. But first, we want to make sure you also teach that dog how to walk properly on a leash. Teach how to walk properly on a leash, use a prong collar, have the remote collar. And then I mentioned this numerous times at the beginning of any of the, 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 the arousal of the dog, that's when you would, you would apply the punisher. Next. April says, ha, 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 you cracked me up. Jamal sent laughing emojis. Good. And Todd, it's targeted. Yeah, human just walks by. Thanks for the answer. It got better with structure and discipline. Now I see I do need a bonker. Yeah, dog. so Todd, excellent. So if it's just somebody walking by, F that. Hey, dog, mind your own business. The person's minding their business. You got to mind your own business. So I would absolutely do that. Absolutely. Josh says LMFAO, probably at your cat comments. Right. Probably. April, thank you for being so blunt to the point, even though it's tough to handle sometimes, but I wouldn't want it any other way. I thank know. you for making me laugh and almost pissing in my pants. <laughs> <laughs> April. It's a daily occurrence. Okay, I won't even make it I won't even make a joke about about you know golden showers or anything like that. But this is the thing. 
life is too short and dogs are dying and owners are struggling. Okay. People are being lied to. So many people are turned off by my content. I mean, I can't tell you how many people are turned off by my contents and I don't really care. I don't make videos for people that don't like my content. I only make videos for people that like my content. So, and I encourage other dog trainers and any other professional that wants to do social media, never worry about the people that don't like your stuff ever. That's not who you're talking to. You're only talking to people that like your stuff. If you don't like the stuff, that's on them. Don't worry about it. This is also not an exclusive thing. The internet opens up the world to lots of different people. So if I don't resonate with you, find somebody else that does. But all I know is if you're struggling with your dog, you don't need to be struggling with your dog. So find somebody that can you feel you feel can help you and go with it and try. But so many people, there's so many people that are like, I've got this whole list of issues, but I don't want to use a remote collar or I don't want to use punishment. And I'm like, well, that's on you then. Because like the answers are there. The answers are there. But I get it. My personality is not for everybody. My bluntness is not for everybody. The sexual innuendos and massive amounts of unprofessionalism during my show is not for everybody. You know, it worked. Like I can't, even though I work with Joelle, like I don't, I can't talk like this in front of her at work. Hell no. I can't be like this with clients. I can't be like this at all. So this is a show. So I try to make it, I try to make it fun. But the bluntness, though, I think is missing. The bluntness is missing in this in this world of dog training. Everybody's trying to sugarcoat stuff. Everyone's trying to do even like shock collar people, like they want to be the gentle shock collar people. Fuck that. How about just being honest and being real? I think people really like the transparency. At least people that 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 you know that are fans of mine, they like the transparency. And I'm gonna keep offering them the transparency, and I'm gonna always give people the brutal truth. But I also know that it turns people off. But I'm not looking for ficking ratings here. I'm looking to save dogs' lives. So I personally don't, you know, uh, it's just, that's that's the way I am. Next. Um, I am Saztech. You don't have to answer or read this, but non-dog related, have you ever taken psychedelics? So, oh. so back when I, I've been sober for about 26 years. So I used to do, I used to, I used to smoke. So I was born in 1966. So I graduated high school in 1984, just to give everybody a, you know, some, some relevance here. So I drank a lot of beer, drank a lot of tequila, like I liked my vodka. Um, um, I did a lot of pot. I smoked a lot of pot growing up. Um, um, I used to do a lot of mushrooms. I tried mescaline once. Um, I also did a lot of cocaine. Um, uh, but I've been, but I, but I'm, but I'm, but I, but I wouldn't ever consider myself an addict. I don't consider myself an alcoholic, but I, but I'm sober. I leave, I lead a sober lifestyle. Um, I decided one day when I first became a father, I decided that, you know what, I'm not going to do drugs anymore. Cause I don't think it's responsible. Then I think when, um, when my kids were about two years old, I decided, I decided I was in Las Vegas, the Tropicana hotel. It was in April and I said, literally, I was at the buffet brunch. It was $12.99, champagne brunch. And I literally said to Alan, I was there for a trade show. And I said, 
I'm never going to drink alcohol again. And it's not like I was drunk the day before, the night before. I was just like, you know what? I said, I'm going to give up alcohol because I don't think it's, I think it's limiting me to be the best that I possibly can be. So I gave up alcohol. So that's, you know, that's, you know, that's my, you know, that's my story. That's my story. That's my story. So I don't do any drugs. I don't do any alcohol. I cut down dramatically on my coffee. Um, I used to drink eight cups of coffee a day. And um, I actually ended up in the hospital with a blood pressure of 225 over 130 or something like that. Um, they actually brought, they like rushed me in. Um, and ever since then, which only happened about five months ago, six months ago, I'm only drinking about, only about a cup a day now. And um, I'm drinking tons of water because I was also really dehydrated because I would drink so much coffee and not enough water. So there you go. There's the short answer. Next. Melissa. Um, she said, teach the Roddy to leave the Yorkie alone. Ignore the Yorkie. That is what she meant. Oh, teach avoidance to the Roddy. Yes. So do existence. Thank you for, um, for Melissa for, for um, expanding on that. So what I want you to do is absolutely teach existence first. And then for all, for all you know, they might be able to hang out together. Next. I am Saztech. Thanks for everything you do. Couldn't walk my dog on a leash and she walks great. Thanks to you. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks for joining. Next. Gary. Jeff, with your advice, we took our dog to a local Irish fest. She was, he was a rock star being social and friendly, but I watched to be sure no one got overly pushy with him. Still watching and learning. Awesome. Good for you. Proud of you, man. Isn't that the best feeling in the world? And it's good that you're still advocating for your dog. Next. Josh, update with my six-month-old GSC. I took her to my grandma's house and left her out for five minutes, and she jumped another seven-foot fence. The coyote rollers worked at home. Aside from that, she's great at commands. Commands. Damn, man, you got yourself. You got to. You got to figure out. Man, that'd be a fun dog to work. That'd be a fun dog to work. That dog that jumps that wants to keep jumping fences like that. So, impressive. yeah, it's impressive. I'd get your dog. I'd, I'd start doing some dog sports with that. Without dog. Yeah. <coughs> um, Todd says, yes, no one wants to call spade a spade. Yep, that's true. April, I love that you're so honest and real. That is what makes you better than the others I have seen. Oh, thank you. Thank you, April. Nice. Josh. Oh, yeah, he says commands at home. She yeah. does a great place on her cot indoors, good heel, and does well in her crate. Awesome. April, congratulations for being sober and doing what you do now. Totally love you. Thanks, April. Elizabeth, what do you suggest for a dog that shows fear aggression towards people, mainly men, and dominance aggression towards dogs? Just started following you, and thank you for all the content you put out. So, Elizabeth, this is the thing: whether it's fear aggression or dominant aggression, it's like it's bullshit, right? So you don't you don't put up with it. So what I would do is this: so you just started following me. Welcome to my world. Welcome to welcome to the beginning of a wonderful, wonderful journey. So what I want you to do is I want you to start following all of my videos. Go to my my YouTube channel, which you're on now, go to the do-it-yourself section on the YouTube channel. Start teaching all your foundational stuff. So start out with that. So you have a level of expectation of where you want your dog to start behaving. Then what you need to do is you need to start learning how to apply a punisher. So, you know, it's, it's, if it's dominant towards dogs, if it's dominant towards dogs, which is common, like you have to remember humans and dogs are different species, cats are different species. So, you're gonna, you can get certain different behaviors toward different different species. So then, what I want you to do is is you gotta you gotta teach your dog that growling or lunging or barking at humans or dogs is not acceptable. Remote collar training is wonderful for that. So you need to teach your dog 
you need you need to learn how to properly punish your dog and then teach your dog that what they just did was wrong. Excuse me. A lot of people, a lot of people will say, um, oh no, it's a fearful dog. You shouldn't punish it. That's the biggest line of bullshit I've ever heard in my life. It's like, no, you I don't care if you're afraid or not. You can't bite me. Now, if I've got you backed up into a corner and I'm trying to like grab you and you're afraid, well then shame on me. I deserve to get bit. But in your normal everyday life, you can't have a dog that's going after people. Next. Uh, Jamal met with Anthony in Nazareth yesterday. Nothing but high praise of you in the T3 experience. Cannot wait. Awesome. To yeah. Anthony is a great guy. Next. Yuko, my dog, human fear aggression. My dog and I are at Lowe's for dog training class. He was okay first 30 minutes working basic obedience and stuff, but he was a mess the rest of the 30 minutes, lunging at people and barking like he lost his mind. So to me, that's a really hard place to train a dog at the beginning. So, and the reason why is because the first 30 minutes, your dog was possibly building up, building up, building up, building up until boom, it exploded. And that's what you're left with. So it's very, very common. You'd say to yourself, what the fuck? My dog was fine the first 30 minutes. It's like, no, 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 no. Your dog was fine, but it was loading. There was a there was a back, there was a background conversation going. There's a background conversation going, and that you probably didn't notice it. And it was like, but if we watched the video, we'd be able to be like, yep, your dog's loading, it's gonna bite, it's gonna lunge, your dog's loading, and then boom, it went off. So what I would do is is Right now, I would probably do your more of your foundation stuff outside of Lowe's and then keep your Lowe's visits to a shorter amount of time where there's a lot of environmental stress at Lowe's. Next. Melissa, thank you. Thank you. I'm so grateful for all of your content. You're welcome. And Robert says, I've seen you work and I think you are great. Awesome. Thank you. Tiffany says, past my bedtime, yours too. 4.30 comes pretty early. I know, man. I'm getting, I get up at 4, so we'd have to end this show soon. We're at an hour and 52 minutes. All right. Um, Y3N0. So my dog is doing well with the place command. Work from home a lot. Is the dog supposed to be placed most of the day while I'm busy or let her be free? What's the concept behind place? So that's a great question. That's going to be the last question of the day, and that's going to be the big thing. This is the thing. I'm not against I'm not against free roaming. There's just no purpose to it. But the way I look at it is this. I got three dogs here right now. They're right next to me. All right? So girl Kira and my new dog Tex. They're right next to me. I want them to be with me. I want to hang out with my dogs. So if they were like what? Walking around my house, I wouldn't be able to hang out with them. So to me, I'm sitting here, right? I'm sitting here. My dogs are my my dogs are lying down. If you work from home, what I would do is this. Take little 10-minute breaks. Go for a short walk, play tug, play chuck it, play frisbee. If you have a swimming pool, go swimming. Take it during your one hour lunch, do some fun stuff. But during the rest of the day, yeah, have your dog next to you. Place is great to establish a, 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 an on and on off switch. It teaches your dog, even though when they're not tired, boom, how to just shut off, not shut down, how to just shut off. It's like doggy meditation. Place is probably the most powerful command. And so many trainers are say, still saying how stupid it is, but it's like, it's at places, everything. It's every place allows me to travel the world with my dogs. It's like, go lie down over there and they don't need to be tired. And they instantly go to sleep. They instantly go to sleep. So we're going to end it right there. Guys, almost two hours of a show. Joelle, thank you for sticking around. This is really late for you too, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I know. You're going to be at the gym early tomorrow, too? Good. 
I got there before you today. I know you did. Yeah. What time are you going to be there tomorrow? Probably 6, the usual. All right. I got a 6 o'clock, too. Nice. So I'll see you there at 6. I'll be there at 5.55. Okay, great. <laughs> I'll be there at 6. <laughs> so we go to the same gym. Um, so Jeff Gelman of Solid Canine Training, I am madly in love with you. Check out our website. Check out all of our free content. If you're struggling, the answers are out there. I want to know you guys that I'm madly in love with you. Thank you so much for tuning in. I respect so many of you out there. Well, all of you out there. Even if you don't like me, kudos to you, man. Um, thanks for hanging on. Um, but the answers are there. If not from me, from somebody else. All right. Take care now.